Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You Got a Minute Fam podcast. I am your host, the Kamish, and as always, but this time probably a happier, actively lazy. I'm I'm the same as I always been, bro. You know the job's not done. We we don't <laughs> ce- we don't celebrate we don't we don't celebrate these types of wins too long. I'm I'm just trying to get swipes at, at Holla and them, but I really don't care. I'm glad we won, of course, and obviously I'm happier that we won. But grand scheme of things, we need a quest for six, and you guys just happen to be in the way. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Epic Game might be the game of the – it probably will be the game of the playoffs, but hopefully we'll have another good game like that. But it kind of went the way I want – I not wanted, but I predicted it would go. I've been saying all year long that the team we were in the first half against uh, Oakland – the team we were against the Raiders – well, actually, this all came out, except for the Chargers, against the AFC West. The team we were – when we played the AFC West teams, who are all fairly good, and we kind of got lucky against the Chargers, but could have went either way. But we weren't prepared. We started slow in the second half. Denver, we never really came back, got garbage points. Kansas City, we tried. Oakland, we came back and took it to overtime. But looking unprepared, looking unmotivated, coming out flat, getting out schemed, they were getting to us with a four-man rush. And all they were doing was stunting. This team is constantly out-schemed, out-coached, and unprepared. I mean, I guess. <laughs> when it's somebody that can match up to us. No, nah, you're right. Like no, nah, you're right. We you're can go right. out there and, and just be have more talent than somebody. Like if you play the if you if you play anybody in the NFC East. Fine, because they're not good. But if we play a team that has any kind of baseline of being a good team, we struggle against them. I just want to point out the Chargers suck. They're the only team west of Dallas to lose to Dallas. <laughs> Everybody else beat y'all, so they they let us down. But um, I mean, schematically, you know, you know how it goes. Schematically, your aggressive defense. Our misdirection type offense uh, was was kind of uh, fired against water. You know, you just didn't match up well. And then we got to score twenty three points. You know, yeah. So well, like it, well it, it, us it, us not scoring was was more of of Colin and uh, what's his face Jimmy being buffoons than it was uh, like things were there for us to exploit. The game should have been a blowout uh, further away. Yeah, it should have been a blowout, but. The Niners can never seem to to get out of their own way, or Jimmy can't seem to get out of our way. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to be disappointed in how the Cowboys started the game for sure. Um, you didn't match up well on the on the offensive line at all with the, with the straight four man rush, and then the stunts was a mix that I I haven't seen us doing a whole lot of stunts. It's usually straight up just pressure, you know. But the, the stunts was a nice wrinkle and it was it was killing you guys. The the outside in, inside out stunts were were really killing you guys. And honestly, I thought it was um it was better when the outside came in, like the pressure up the middle. Yeah, that was one of the ones Jimmy got yeah. a sack on. I mean uh, Bosa got a sack on. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand how I mean, granted, stunts can beat you from time to time. It was it's well, you're you're missing your your center, like Frederick's not there anymore, right? 
Correct. I mean, but the yeah. other thing we, we've had. I, it, it, but he was such a, he was such a great. Yeah, it's a big spinner. difference. Yeah, yeah, it is, right. and I think I think that's something that you know normal fans don't really account for. But the communicate—that's a communication issue on the yeah. offensive line—is lacking, and it typically comes from your guards and your center. And Connor Williams is a dud, <laughs> and your and your center just clearly wasn't ready for it. Because I mean, it was a lot going on on that line uh, that I don't like. I said I don't think we've shown a ton of that throughout yeah, I don't the think season. So uh, we used to do that with Fangio a lot, but like with D'Amico, it didn't seem like we did it as much. But either way, the line couldn't communicate, and then. I'm assuming Dak just was more worried about what was going on downfield because it didn't seem like he was able to get them um, set up right. Cause you know, quarterbacks have a say in how the blocking goes, how the scheme goes. And if he can pick up a blitz, he needs to audible communicate with his line and let them know which way they need to slide and things like that. And it just wasn't getting done. Uh, it was tentative and scared and unsure Dak. And that's the thing I saw. It's like he's not seeing the field clearly, the reads he's not seeing. I'm not sure if the people aren't open. It wasn't as bad as Jalen Hurts where people are just running straight down the field wide open. But it's that part where he won't take underneath routes, where he just looks really tentative. He, the, the, You can see it when he doesn't get the ball out. He's tapping the ball. It, it, it was the deck that – and but still – like the last few games of the season when he was looking like that in Arizona too, it's like he would just try to hard it out. He would run the ball and he would just try to make some plays here and there um, to try to bring the team back, even though he wasn't having his best day. But where, where do you see with Dak in the future? I don't know if there was an injury. It definitely looked like he changed after that injury, but there's always been that knock on Dak that he doesn't beat good teams. Uh, I think that's becoming a fair criticism, but also he, he I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's the same thing and he has gotten better, but it's the same exact thing. So I used to say this when you guys had Romo that, uh, you know, at some point coaches, play callers need to protect their players from themselves. If you get Dak within a 25 to 35 range of throwing the ball, you're good to go. He's, he's going to look great. Anytime you get over 35 in between the basically like around like 40, 42, you're, you're teetering a little. And then if you get any higher than 42 pass attempts a game, you're more than likely not going to win. And, um, you know, I see that a lot. With, and you were at 43 in this game. Um, and that's that's nitpicking, but I say that to say that it was the same way with Romo. You guys basically depended on him too much, and and you need a compliment to the quarterback because game, yeah, because if you away. yeah if you let him go too long, the the probability of of a mistake or or him messing up is is higher. You know, you kind of have to control that. And and this year was rough for you guys running the ball. I mean. I mean, they only gave Pollard four carries. A lot of injuries. Yeah. A lot of both injuries both guys are banged up. Yeah. A lot of injuries of the running backs, and, and Zeke is just washed anyway. And Pollard yeah, so. didn't hurt, really hurt us because, I mean, that was an injury that you really can't be explosive uh, with the plantar uh, fascia uh, injury. Fascia, really yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. and I, But I think, too, the reality of it is what quarterback can you drive back 40 times, 50 times with in a game? and still win literally I think people only over 50 that actually have a winning record is like Tom Brady 
Because yeah. they're actually game plans where Tom Brady would go out there and say, we're going to pass 40 times. Most of the time, it means you're behind or you're losing. But, mm-hmm. of course, the margin for error goes up the more you pass. But what you got, I would say, obviously, Brady. I'm not even sure if I want Aaron Rodgers passing 40 times a game. No, nah, because he's going to throw the ball down the field more. That was an issue for me, too. You guys are not aggressive attacking this defense. Well, and, I, and, I, and y'all have a sorry secondary. Yeah, the secondary is awful. Awful. And it's like, yo, to, to offset the pressure, run some more screens. Get some more quick releases off the yeah. line. Get the ball in the uh, hands of some yeah. of the makers, make those guys make a tackle. But my problem was that y'all were so physical. We're a pretty physical team, at least on defense, but even your offense is more physical than our defense. And we're oh, no, yeah. oh. physical defense. So that, that was the thing. And then, of course, on the other side of the ball, y'all are just more physical. And I don't um, – I, I, I really didn't like the matchup. I thought it was very likely that we lose to anybody, but I thought it was a toss-up. I really thought y'all were like a 60-40 kind of thing in reality. Taking away the game and take, just taking away looking at football, y'all had a 60% chance of winning, and we had a 40% chance of winning just based on the matchup. Um, and that's what happened. And, and the thing that frustrated me the most was the penalties. I know Gallimore's family, Neil Gallimore's family was threatened. If anybody's family was going to be threatened, it should be Randy Gregg. This man put a bear <laughs> hug and tackle on a running play that kept the drive going, why would a defensive lineman hold – why would he hold an offensive player? Unless maybe well, they first. Well, honestly, honestly, and, I, and I've talked about this earlier in the season too, the Niners probably get that call a lot uh, because we move so many people. And, you do. And the, the outside zone is, is predicated on blockers, especially our guards, getting to the second level – to offset that cutback that's usually he there. was we real far people. away from the play, though. Yeah. And it yeah, wasn't I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe, oh. maybe somebody put a bug in his ear and was like, yo, yeah. we need you to because because I mean that happens more often than it's called, and people don't realize. Oh, it. yeah, yeah. Most times they don't even call it, but yeah. the fact that he bear hugged the man. Yeah, I mean, he was so, choking the man. And obvious did is that the one where he threw him on the ground too, or he just grabbed whole head bear hugged him? He just bear hugged him. Yeah, because there was one where he threw the guy on the ground. I'm like, what is going on? And there were at least four or five plays that extended drives on either mm-hmm. side of the ball. I believe it was 14 penalties for 84 or 86 yards. I just I, I, I don't understand, and it's a McCarthy thing. How can you come and be a football team and and come that unprepared just with dumb stuff, not controversial stuff, not even being overly aggressive where you get, like, it's not targeting in the NFL, but unnecessary roughness or pass interference. Those are okay penalties because at least you're going for it. False starts, defensive holding, just some un. Discipline shit and stuff you really can't even argue with about the calls, even even though they though they tried to do it after the game, but you can't. It's just that's the culture of Dallas. Because in the end, I've said this so many times, we're not gonna win until Jerry dies because there's you've got to establish a culture. And Joe talks about, oh, it doesn't really matter that we have Fetty Kitchens there. Yes, it does. You don't want that person in your building. You want certain people that are going to build a culture and build your team, even if you're going to start over. I don't want my players exposed to certain people. And in this case, they know it's a mama-daddy thing. No matter what you do, if you're the head coach, you know Jerry really runs it, and you can't run a tight, disciplined ship because the coach is not the final word. 
in the final say. You got what? Three super three Super Bowls out of that method? What? Jerry. Out of out of hiring a real coach. <laughs> That's how you got. Uh, let somebody else run the team. Yeah, he gets he got out of. I mean, honestly, it's it's it is this uh, the same old thing right now, and and it sucks for um for this young team to to get so hyped for for so much what was, yeah for what was supposed to be um a coming out party where they get over the hump and then they're back and. Honestly, if 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 I can be like poetic a little, it, it reminds me of when the Niners were uh, having their original battle with the Cowboys. It was always the Cowboys we couldn't get through, and now it just seems like uh, and and the Packers uh, I think was also in that mix at some point. Now it seems like the Cow- uh, Cowboys are kind of having that scenario where it's always the Niners or the Packers that they've got to get through to get over the hump. So uh, maybe a coach is what they need or a more dynamic playmaker at certain positions not saying Dak needs to go but I mean maybe you guys need a more dynamic tight end or or healthier back so I would just know. need coaching we need <laughs> that aren't gonna go like first of all the, I, I, it's still even even I still will argue this the worst play of that game and the Cowboys did the top 10 worst plays we got nine of them the worst play is is what 23 to 14 or 23 to 11, fourth quarter or third quarter, and y'all fell for a fake punt on fourth and five. That was the worst play because you, you would have to know that was coming. That's the worst play of the game. And then on top of that, we get them, and then they try to be cute and catch them on a false start. Why? You just got lucky with the fake punt, and you still want to get more? It's just idiotic coaching and preparation, and I, I, it, it, it's it's just unbelievable. And now we might – they can't let Dan Quinn leave the building. They love Dan Quinn in that building. He turned that defense around. Kellen Moore, you want to leave, you can leave. I used to be high on you, but you're trash. So you want to go, that's fine. He's replaceable. But Dan Quinn, they got to do something, and I'm afraid we're going to lose him. Either that he's gonna be your next head coach. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. Like get one more year, Dan Quinn, get one more year, you're kind of keeping the same core together. And then if he doesn't work, then you go get a big name, you try to go get a big name coach. But honestly, what I want is Sean Payton. He used to be an assistant under uh under Parcells. I've always wanted Sean Payton. He has a good relationship with Jerry Still. And that would be the dream thing, Jerry. But he doesn't. Jerry doesn't want to give up control, and that's the only way we're gonna have the chance to get this done. And he has to be complaining about stuff. the refs. What'd you say? You're still gonna be complaining about the refs if it's Sean Payton. Oh, well, that's what he does. But that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's a part of his thing. I'm okay with that. But we, we got to get somebody that's a culture builder. And even if he can figure out a way to work with somebody else, and and it's like a collaborative thing. But it can't be Jerry. And it's not even that he's a bad general manager. It's that he meddles in everything. He shouldn't be doing press conferences. He shouldn't have a radio show like he's a coach. He shouldn't be updating the injury report. He shouldn't be interacting with the players. It's like if 
you if, if if you know the other parent has said something, you refer the person back to the parent. There was a time when uh Garrett was a coach where where uh Jerry had the fines that well, it was something like Garrett had the fines for being late or whatever, five hundred dollars, then Jerry lowered to a hundred. Like you cannot have somebody contradicting you like that when you're supposed to be the head coach and running a tight ship. It's just not conducive to winning football or anything in life, really. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy that's Jet York is our um, owner, and we had the can we get literally press conference for him? I love we, the press conference. At the we end. had to threaten; they had to threaten to take the fucking team away from him, <laughs> get him out of the out of anything dealing with the team to the point where we went out and got John Lynch and and Lynch and, and Shanahan literally run the team. I'm I'm pretty sure Jed wasn't even watching the game. Like he, they literally banned him from being around the team. That's how bad it was. Sadly, we got to get to the end of the game, the clusterfuck that it was. What was worse? The play call itself, that going too far, or the overall clusterfuck of the line and everybody else not being able to get set. Or, or or just them not knowing that the referee needed to spot the ball. So 33% on Dak, 33% on the play call, uh, 33% on the line, and 0.1% on the ref. And I say that because everybody that's involved in that fucking play, unless you tell the ref that you're about to run the ball, you can't possibly expect for him to keep up with you that far uh, with all those people in the way. And, and be prepared to spot the ball. Like that's something that honestly they would have to know ahead of time. Uh, and I know people don't want to hear that, but I'm just being honest. It's 14 fucking seconds left and you ran for 12 of the 14 seconds. Like, let's be real. Uh, secondly, Dak's got to know to get the hell down and get down early. Uh, he's also got to know that where he starts his slide is where they're going to spot the ball. So once he gets up out of the slide, he needs to hand and in the reality, ball. In reality, Mike Grimm brought this up. They gave him like two yards. Yeah, no, they spotted it a hit. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah, the right they spot. spot. They were trying to help. If they yeah. really had done it, there would have been it wouldn't have been a question because they would have put the ball all the way back where he started to slide. And that's not what they did. Yeah. And and I noticed that in real time, but I wasn't mad about that because I'm like, we don't fucking deserve the win. It, just for the fact that we literally let them drive the ball down here with no resistance. But again, you don't have a timeout and you just ran like 10 to 12 yards like that's just it's just too much going on with 14 seconds left and the fact that your coach would admit that you practice this and you and practice you didn't this, know you practice yeah. every day that means you either practice every day wrong or what you did didn't take because no one handed the ref the ball and you can ask the fucking refs to or a ref to come in and kind of simulate that's what, what they what say happened. they do. All the players there's no fucking they way. bring refs. There's no way. Or worse, there's the no assistant way. coaches do it. Maybe there's they no but way. you can bring refs. They said that's what most teams do. And, and I'm telling you right now, there ain't a team in the fucking league that can execute but that. But why would you practice that? The risk is not worth the reward. That's sure they got even... their playoff. You, you still had a Hail Mary. I he... almost, I think I want a Hail Mary. I think I'd rather have a Hail Mary at the 40 than like the 28. Because I Listen, listen. It, it's a miracle. So at least you get a tip. Or not. If you said 28, that's almost like just a normal play that you know you're not going to get. And everybody's kind of, it's like you, 
you've almost condensed the field like the red zone where they could just line up right there and and it becomes a shorter field because you're in the red zone almost whereas the hail mary you just throw it up see what happens everybody's got to run you know it's i don't know i don't even, i don't see where it's that beneficial to you to even clock get the yards you gotta clock it i don't give a fuck what you run you gotta clock it like and i'm, I'm gonna stand by my statement that nobody can execute that fucking play in under 14 seconds yeah i don't like think you so. just you just can't now and, and i said to you offline you know in my mind just thinking of all the football games i've watched in my lifetime 20 seconds is the cutoff if you are if you have more than 20 seconds you can run an actual play like if we're talking to score like we need to score then you can run the ball. If you need to get in field goal range, then sure, you can do something like that. But if you need a touchdown to win, you need to have at least 25 seconds, I would think, before you run a play like that. So you, you can gotta clock get, it. You got to get everybody set. Yes, it's they got to get set. Yeah, and 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 you got to make sure the line judge has got his hand, you know, that everybody's good. Because if you snap, if you snap with no timeouts and nobody's set, then guess it's what? The game, it's a bro. runoff. Yeah, so it's just it's just too fucking risky. And and I've been somewhat, you know, joking about McCarthy, but that's the buffoonery. That is the absolute buffoonery that makes me live it with these coaches. And Cliff Kingsbury is another fucking idiot. And I and I don't understand how these guys get find success in general in coaching when they when they coach like this. Like what the hell? Shout out to the players who carried these idiots to victories. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's just as a Cowboys fan, it, it's so disappointment, disappointing. But I will ask you, is it possible for y'all to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G? Because oh, we had no. the game, and we all knew <laughs> that he was going to give us a chance to win the game. Oh he man, he threw that almost interception, and then he finally did it. There were like two or three throws. You just knew that he was going to let us back in the game. He almost did. With was that? Now, that was Kittle that did the fumble, but it really yeah. was kind of a late pass that was kind of weird anyway. But, shoot. I mean, I knew once that game kept going and we got the field goal, we were in it because Jimmy was going to let us back in it. There is no way, if everybody stays healthy, all things stay the same, there is no fucking way that any team with Joe Burrow, with Patrick Mahomes, with Josh Allen, will lose to fucking Jimmy, <laughs> Some Jimmy No, there's no fucking way. We might be able to beat the Titans, but guess what? They already beat us once this year. Yeah, so, I know, right? They, and you know they, how they beat us? You know how they beat us since we were on this show? Because this dumb fuck Jimmy threw yeah, interceptions. Literally. Right like, he literally threw too. us out the game. He threw us out the game. I, I just can't, for the life of me, understand why somebody how is this possible that you consistently throw us out the game he's west coast kirk cousins that's exactly who he is yeah, that you yeah. just fucking know he's gonna mess it up it's almost better if we never have the lead because then he can't fuck it up because when we get the lead he fucks it up yeah, he kind of makes the time. comeback because he made a comeback against the rams he plays better from yeah. behind it's kind of, which is weird but but yeah to answer your question fuck no because <laughs> no. you know he's either gonna miss the throw or he's going to make a throw that's really horrible and it's the bonehead mistake and you can't you can't trust him. Can, can I just point out that Brandon Ayuk is a fucking like you he's the he's the guy his measurements 
no Jesse. His measurements are <laughs> of somebody that was created on a video game. He's ridiculous. He literally got the wingspan of a seven footer. And you add in his vertical, his catch radius is infinite. And this dumb fuck can't hit him in the hands or even throw it where he can catch it. Like it's almost impossible to miss him with his catch radius. And he consistently misses him. It's ridiculous. If you look at the replays on like every third down, you can stone his hands up like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. Before I go on my rant against the Cowboy haters, why do you think the general public gets so much glee when the Cowboys lose? Because they're fucking losers and they're fans of losers and their teams can't consistently beat the Cowboys. Because when your team is competitive with a team or if your team has like the ability to beat that team, you don't act like this. Yeah. The Cowboys are our legitimate fucking rival. Like we are literally rivals. In the sense that we we probably can't ever get together and watch a game because we're it's that intense when the Cowboys and the Niners play. Yeah. And I never jump on any thread when somebody beats the Cowboys and celebrate because it doesn't matter to me because we didn't, didn't do it. Yeah, like that shit doesn't matter. It's disgusting. It really is absolutely like did, did, pathetic. Did, did, did you did I mean maybe it happened? Were Auburn fans celebrating because Georgia beat that uh, Alabama? I mean, there was there was some stragglers that were happy like generally that, that Bama lost, but generally it was because like Bama's a fucking dynasty. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, people love to see them topple. Like the Patriots are a dynasty, so people love to see that topple. I'm sorry, the Cowboys just haven't won something. Patriots like the enough. Warriors. What yeah, are you it's like, like what? <laughs> like what? People, people who don't even really watch football, people who probably didn't even watch their teams play in the playoffs, are celebrating the Cowboys losing. I had a guy, I saw a guy on my father's profile who was wearing a Baltimore Ravens, like, jersey. Yeah, why are you upset? What, yeah, is, like, what, what is your beef with us? What did they do to you? <laughs> <laughs> you have a successful franchise. I wish we had the kind of success the Ravens do. Why do you hate us? We don't even play y'all half the time. I don't remember the last time we played the Ravens. Ridiculous. It's been a while. <laughs> Ridiculous. But so, so my thing is... And I know it's kind of meme culture and mass culture. And I do think a lot of it is because they say it's the fans, but I, like I, I kept asking people, give me examples. The only person that gave me examples was Malcolm Starr. And he found three random people that said, we them boys, we're going to be there next year. But at this point, it's been 10 or 15 years of us losing all the time. And we had, and 10 years, at least, in, I think they said in the last 10 years, well, since 1995, we haven't been to them. I think since we won a Super Bowl, we haven't been to the championship game. So no. before that, so who would still think we're going to go all the way every year? They just like that narrative. And they just keep repeating it. But that's not what most Cowboy fans are saying because it's depressing because we do the same thing every single time because of the culture. But the thing that gets me is you're an Eagle fan. You lost 31 to nothing, or you were losing 31 to nothing. They about to have the mercy rule. And you think it's funny that we lose? What are you doing? You're a football team fan and you got waxed. I just showed the post uh, that we beat, we swept the NFC East and we scored over 200 points to their 100 something points. We dominated those teams. So you can only, like you were saying, you only get excited when somebody else can do it. 
I would not get excited. Like on my part of the page, I I, when I post memes about the story anyway. So I posted anti-cowboy stuff. I did Eagle stuff. I do Patriot stuff. I hit everybody. But like, I'm not going to celebrate when y'all lose next week because we couldn't do it. I'm not going to celebrate when uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Well, I might celebrate when Aaron Rodgers loses, but not as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Just because I hate Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and I just don't understand it. It's, it's a real loser, weird mentality and piling on. If you want to hate on the Cowboys, that's fine, because there's a lot of us. I think we get a lot of attention on these networks, and I think there's a lot of us. So everything we do is amplified, and I think that's what it is. And these NFC East fans, honestly, are just jealous because their team sucks. If your team was winning as much as we win, which is not that much, y'all would be getting attention too because the NFC East has a lot of legacy teams. Yeah, they really do. And shout out to the few Giants fans. I know that they seem to say too much. They didn't seem, yeah, they weren't. Yeah. They, no, they suck. Yeah, they just they just happy to get rid of get rid of their coach. They're literally the worst <laughs> team football yeah. besides the Jets. But man, I, I mean it's it's just it's stupid. It's ultimately stupid. And that's part of why I always rag on NFC East fans anyway, because you guys, like, not you guys, but, like, the and the rest of the NFC East, for the most part, live in a fucking bubble where their team matters more than anything else in the world. And the rest of the league just doesn't operate like that. Like, there's fans, and then there's people who realize that, you know, my 2-14 and 14 ass shouldn't be talking shit to a 10-16, and 16, but then there's the NFC East who thinks that, well, we're we're all watching from home. You're eating. We're we're, eating, we're sitting on the same couch. Like no, bitch. The Cowboys are at least in line next to to get into the club. You don't even get valet parking, so it's you're not the same. You're not the same. Like what the fuck? I I, I don't understand it. It's it's an illness. I hate everything NFC East, and I think I'm just gonna stay that way for the rest of my life because you're all the fucking idiots. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a horrible way to go. Not a horrible way to go. Uh, you know, I wish I didn't have to associate with these people either. Uh, it's, I don't know. To me, it's the inconsistency that bothers me because I think they're funny. I think some, I think the memes are funny, but it's that you dis, you fucking disappear when the Eagles are down 31 nothing, but you reappear with the Cowboys. People that never post post it. But when your team and it, it, you, I wouldn't even mind if you were, if these people were posting and doing pressers and being there, talking about when their team sucks and all that. But I can't get on the talk football. But when the Cowboys lose, you can talk football. But when your team loses, you know where to be seen. That's uh, punk ass bitch behavior. I'm sorry, I, I don't respect that. I don't respect. At least our Philly crew, they're around anyway, and Philly hates us, and that's a rivalry, so I sort of understand it. But when you suck. Like the football team? No, man. We did have finally. This is, I think this is the 10th year of the group. And Holla's definitely been in eight or nine years. Finally, Georgia wins the national championship and Jay Holla gets his revenge. I'm sorry, my, my mic cut off. What'd you say? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't often give Holler praise, but he's he's definitely um one of a kind when it comes to to taking punishment from folks like 
he he is the embodiment of, of Dallas Cowboys because people people hate on him just to hate on people were rooting for Bama that don't even watch college football probably thought that uh Mac Jones was still on the team like <laughs> and they were rooting against Georgia but you know he he stuck to his guns and, and like he, what is his favorite saying uh even a trash can gets a steak every now and then even a bulldog gets a that was his favorite yeah, well, even a bulldog gets a national championship once in a lifetime because I, I feel like I'm not going to see this again. So, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, they got a chance to win again in the next five or six years because they, they just do stellar. They, no, no, possible. No. They get a better quarterback. Kirby Smart. Then they just Kirby get the guy from. Then they get the guy from Oklahoma. Fuck no, man. They're not going to get a black quarter. Shut up. DJ Shockley ain't now. coming through that door no now, more, with man. A one, with After a Justin one. Fields got called called the hard R. Man, nah, that bro. didn't happen. That man just <laughs> <laughs> I was just cover for that man. <laughs> he was on his Odell. Mm, that's so, what they say. That's surprise his dad ain't recorded. Oh. <laughs> but yes, congratulations to Jay Holler. Uh, the group would have been coming for him. He actually, I felt like he was a little subdued. Like he did his thing. And then second day he came out a little bit harder, but I thought he would come a little harder. I think, I think deep down, he was a little surprised. It actually, he was a little shocked. It actually happened. I waited over 20 years for my team to win a championship in baseball. So I can only imagine that he was just exhausted from all the years of, of hoping and then it finally happened. It was just like, take it in. You don't really have much to say when it finally happens anyway, because nobody can say shit to you. Just enjoy the silence, and that's the victory. So and he's, I get it. He, he probably, and he'd been defending them on the street and in the, on the internet for years and years. And two. So it's like, wow, oh, my man. God, I don't have to argue with people. I don't have to make up a scenario or spin it. We just won. Like, what do I do? <laughs> I was getting concerned, man, because when when I when I'm out and about and not just randomly interact with people at bars and stuff, the age demographic for Notre Dame fans and Georgia fans was catching up to to like when they had last seen their teams win a championship. <laughs> Michigan Michigan fans are on there too. Like they're some old ass fans, man. Like <laughs> you don't remember when your team won a cha- God darn. I I mean, Florida State's got two two since I was a teenager. You know. And I'm 36. Yes. Yeah, man. Like, ooh. I had Bill Walsh football 95. And when was the last time they won? 83 was when they won. Yeah. 84, 83. Because Clemson was 81 for a while. And right it was a and they, didn't, they didn't put the names on there. So it was uh <laughs> it was like Athens 83 or whatever it was. They hadn't won a championship since then. I'm a grown ass man. And I and that was Sega Genesis. So that's a long. <laughs> Bill Walsh football was lit, but that's a long, they didn't have the trademarks. But that's a long, and, and that was 95 to 83, 83, 95. We're in 2020. That's a long, long, long time. But congratulations. It, it, it's sure. very good. Even though he betrayed the Cowboys, he clearly had was more invested in, in, in Georgia, but that's fine. It's understandable. And like I told him, I would trade. I would trade in, sacrifice Alabama every time if it meant that Patrick McIntosh would cry. He literally cried. He he took Spencer's place and <laughs> cried the entire time. Everybody else is like, "Congratulations, Jay! Damn, y'all finally did it!" Yada yada yada. And and this dude, Patrick, fuck them. They suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> Glad I didn't see it. I would have kicked him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we should have invited Spencer back for one day so he could have had a meltdown. Yeah, uh, sure. I had a couple fines. And the, the, he got the cowboy hate started. Tim Childers, uh, he kept saying that there was Michael Parsons and uh, TJ Watt weren't close. When actually, thanks to Joe, I hadn't even checked it, the PFF, the PFF war had Micah Parsons higher than TJ Watt. And also, they're like separated by one point of total grade. And all the things that Parsons does, he has pass deflections, he has tackles, he has sacks. And I said J.J. Watt was the MVP because I was respecting the pressures and the sacks. That's the the most important thing you can do on defense. Get to the quarterback, and he broke the record, and he got a lot of pressures. But to say that it's not close, it's just asinine and straight cowboy hate. And he's a Falcon fan, so I don't even understand what his issue was. This is where I go on my little rant about, like, how – it's obvious some people watch the game upside down. I used to say this about uh, the one Packer fan all the time that you watch the game upside down. Cause there's just no way that you could not see what everybody else is seeing. Like Parsons is single-handedly the most disruptive player in the NFL right now on defense. If you count how much ground he fucking covers. Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere. Bases. That's like, what he's I love. Literally like a, everywhere. like a, like a wild beast that just yeah. running through and chasing everything down. And when did I say that the Niners need to do? Everybody heard me saying regularly. I was like, we got to clear Parsons out. We got to get him the fuck out the paint. I don't care what we do, how we do it. Get him away from the play. And then everybody else is, is, is fair game. And that's essentially what we were doing. Like, we didn't really go at him a lot. And, we, and if we did, we sent our best fucking blockers to take him out and clear him out. And then everything got easier. Like, I respect T.J. Watt um, for what he did, and I also respect the fact that he did it in 15 games because he didn't play two, and that's and that's great. But I test to me tells me that that Parsons is equal to or greater than yeah. T.J. Watt when it comes to defensive metrics. Like, there's just no fucking way. And it's like, how could that be? Like, and of course, Lawrence Hurt was doing his thing, but he's anti. But that's what I'm saying. They can't even have a legitimate opinion about uh, a person that's obviously really good on the Cowboys. Like your your fandom, your hate is that strong that you can't see what Michael Parsons is. That that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's a very toxic. Y'all very toxic, 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 very toxic. Uh, the surprise of Black Monday was. This dude can't look this. Does Flores really look that much like Mike Tomlin? Well, they put the wrong picture. But anyway, I'm looking at this, and Flores was fired. It was rumored that it was because he really didn't like Tua. He was too hard on Tua. He wanted Watson, but hell, the owner wanted Watson too. But a story, not not. I wouldn't say a fake news place. I don't. I wouldn't say they're disreputable, but they're not like the best place. But the rumor is that Flores had Tua tested for PEDs. Multiple times because he didn't believe the body transformation was normal. What coach would do that? Wouldn't you want your player on PEDs because that would help you? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. What Not one, but if yeah. they own it, they own it, and I'm a benefit if they pass the test. It ain't my job. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't know what to make of that story, man. Like other other than I buy that Flores really didn't like to it, didn't believe in him. 
Um, and and any defensive minded coach don't want nothing to do with a quarterback that that stalls, drives, and turns the ball over. Like that's just that's the one thing most defensive minded coaches absolutely hate from a quarterback is basically getting in the fucking way and making it harder on the defense. And and Tua did a lot of that his first couple of seasons. Can so. only pass out of RPOs. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's tough. It, I was it, was, it was a tough situation for the franchise. Hindsight with some of the reports coming out, if there was truly a riff, and it seems like it was, then I completely understand if the owner had to pick between the GM and his quarterback or the coach, and he chose the GM and the quarterback. So, you know, that's just the business thing. Uh, I think people need to lay off with the whole black coaches getting fired thing. I think this wasn't necessarily that kind of thing. It definitely wasn't that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was a weird business But it's not that kind of thing. Yeah. And lastly, I had to, I'm doing a series called The Nichols I Don't Like. And this William J. Franklin Jr., this dude always rambles and writes these novels and says nothing. But he went too far today. He, he, he said he didn't like what Megan Good was wearing. And it wasn't the color that he liked. He got to go. What? 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 I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't understand this guy. He just rambles and rambles, and and today he, he took it a step too far. Yeah, what did I call him, Jesse? You got to be a Jesse man if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna miss good if you're nasty. You know what I'm saying? Like if if you got something negative to say about Megan Good, you gotta get the fuck out of here, bro. This dude and, said he said, "Hey, okay, sorry she's getting divorced, but I am not that impressed. Sorry, not loving the color or the outfit cut. I never heard a man say." Not loving the outfit cut. That was straight. I don't think I heard many gay people because I don't watch Queer Eye. But <laughs> I heard gay people say this. Not was it the picture? Was it the picture of her in front of like some like waterfall thingy in the background? Mm-hmm. Not dissing yeah. her for getting into better shape, but I don't really care. I'm not her man. What? Oh. I never heard anything like this. Hey, listen, bro. It's a nude color, you uncultured savage it's nothing wrong with the fucking color especially with her being bronze skin anyway it's perfectly fine but i wouldn't expect you who cares un- what woman what color a woman wears if they look good anyway i mean I know, but I just, look better I'm just saying, no color looks bad on a hot woman yeah i'm just saying for for all intents and purposes here like this this queen quote unquote is perfectly fine in this in this outfit you're just you just don't understand what you're looking at which is fine because you're jesse and I, I support you and I appreciate that. But if you could keep your um, comments off our posts that are made for heterosexual individuals, I appreciate it. <laughs> Those are the words of acting lazy. Yeah, Yo, you damn right. Yeah, I say a lot of heterosexual. I mean, in reality, I mean, Probably, that is more of a, I don't a heterosexual post. It's far, but I don't discriminate. If you want to comment, I um, do girl's fashion, but I no. If you go comment, know what the fuck you talk about. If she look good, she look good. Like, I mean, maybe her last name is. Maybe if you I got fashion critiques, you could show us your credentials. Uh, uh, this is a very open environment. I, I don't discriminate against anybody. You, but uh-huh. we just want to know where you're coming from. You know, no discrimination. We want to know where you're coming from. If you, if you, if you, you know, if you swing that way, you know, just don't don't pretend like you are attracted to her from the get go. You know that is possible. Just oh, don't I, don't don't catfish us, okay? I got Let something for it. You're not an all-star, and you comment on something like that, I'm going to mute you. <laughs> it's just all to it. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to let him back for February because we're black. I'm trying nope. to brothers. Nope. Hell no. 
Malcolm X was was against the ones that was against us too. No, stay away. <laughs> you got anything to promote, sir? Um, yeah. So I was going to do I was going to do a, a preview show for the games, but I think now I'm just going to do a recap to kind of talk about what went well and and get some videos up on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot to to do a lot. Just try to, to do prep. One thing, yeah, to prep. So um. Because the Cowboys and Niners game was so popular, I'll probably go over that uh, just to show like what I thought was the differences in the game. And then other than that, you know, just brace yourself because college football or college basketball is picking up again and we will be hitting into March Madness uh, full steam ahead. I will actually be uh, in Atlantic City for March Madness Uh first round. So I'll be dropping live bets from uh, either William Hill or uh, the FanDuel spot. So, folks, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast, share it, keep the content going, uh, become an all-star. February is coming. So I'm not even sure if that's going to keep you safe, but it's uh, I'm going to be giving a lot of refunds out, so support the for $5 for February. So support the brand so we can have fun. And for Actively Lazy, this is Kamish asking you, you got a minute, fam? <laughs>